0: Welcome back, beautiful mamas. Today, I have another interview with a happy mama. A mama who, like you and I, has been on her own journey of trying to find herself, trying to be the mother she'd like to be, and falling in love with the exploration of all of this. I have to say, I think... What I talk about in this podcast, the books I read, the courses I do, the training I've done, it is addictive. Once you get a taste of what it can feel like when you're in alignment, once you realize the peace and calm that meditation can bring, once you see how differently you handle tantrums and issues with your partner and your business or your work or your health. When you start to see how much that all changes, you become addicted to it. So many people think that diving into this type of self-development or whatever it is you want to call is hard. It's this big step they have to take. But it really does start with tiny steps. It starts with a three-minute meditation in my programs. It starts with this acknowledgement that you, as a woman, are changing And you need to put some time, effort and energy into that. And that's what Sophie Melville did. I wanted to speak to Sophie after getting to know her through my programs and following her online as she develops and creates the most beautiful artwork. Sophie is a mama of three and she has been on her own happy mama journey of coming back to what she loves, which is her art. Finding peace in meditation, learning that what she is learning about herself is also what her children need to learn about themselves. She has completely fallen in love with this process. And as she says in this interview, she wants to be an old woman still dedicated to her self-development. Totally my type of mama. I hope you love this interview and are super inspired to begin to fall in love with your own self-development and exploration. Sophie, thank you so much. For joining the podcast I have been so looking forward to speaking to you and understanding and sharing your journey thank you oh thank you Amy uh, thank you so
1: much for inviting me onto your podcast I've been enjoying it for quite a while now ever since starting your courses last year and it's just such an honor for me and and actually quite a big hurdle for me to overcome a, Um, one of my greatest quotes is fear is an opportunity to grow. So me speaking to you is embracing my fears today it's a big
0: opportunity (laughs) it's a big opportunity to grow (laughs) Uh, it is yeah No, I'm feeling really good about it good so Sophie this year I really want to bring the stories of mamas to my podcast of course I'll keep bringing the experts and authors that I can find around the world but when I asked the happy mama tribe what they most wanted to hear they want to hear stories of other other mamas who are in the thick of it, finding their way, figuring out who they are and how they can honour themselves. And so this is one of those beautiful stories. You, as a mama, have had to find your way through this and as an artist and a creative woman had to really figure out who you are now. So let's go back. Let's tell a little bit of your story and what your sense of self was before motherhood came along. Uh, before motherhood came along, I was very career
1: driven and reaching, grasping at what I thought I wanted in life. And then first baby came along, and I'm like, right, do this with the baby, do that, thinking I was along the right path. As I had my second child, um, I was a graphic designer back then. I'd started my own business. I was working from home when my baby was three weeks old. I went back to work. I had to work, and you know, I had to keep doing it. Come on, feed the baby, get back to sleep. There was no space that I allowed myself were looking after me any kind of focus it was just all baby or husband or work Uh, it was after my second child and as he became a toddler so now we're talking about the kids of maybe like three or four that I was starting to feel really burnt out I had my graphic design business working from home I'd taken some time off with my second child realizing there was no way I could keep working with two children at home that was good because I started drawing again and I started drawing the kids And it was something I always wanted to do. And I'm like, I'm supposed to be an artist. I'd studied fine art, but I'd become a graphic designer instead. Uh, It was when I started drawing the kids. And one night I'd done a drawing of my son asleep. And it was beautiful. And my husband leaned over my shoulder and said, That's really good. And I'm like, Oh, you know what? It is. Uh, It is quite good. And that was the catalyst for me realizing that a little bit of creativity at nighttime instead of working was helping me get back into my art and as it unfolded I started selling prints of my work. I used Instagram and social media to put it out there just threw images up of my artwork. People started responding. It gradually grew from there but I was making prints. I hadn't even delved into my art again and what that truly meant for me.
0: Did you realize that you were changing your career and your focus when you first started those prints? Was it A conscious thought, though, of, wow, maybe I could do this. Yeah,
1: I didn't imagine that I would become the artist I am today, but I could see that it was unlocking creativity that had been squandered before with me being sitting in front of a computer because you can imagine like when I went to school all I ever wanted to do was draw and then I went to art school and all I wanted to do was paint nothing else that was my passion and then I went overseas and traveled the world worked on boats worked in ski resorts and I didn't have time to paint because I was too busy trying to make money and travel to the next place and then I came back from overseas and there was a lot of self-doubt all of a sudden and my ability to go back to painting because now I didn't have to do it for school and I didn't have to do it for a degree well how on earth did I become an artist I'm like okay well you know I'll fall into graphic design that seems logical but underneath it all I didn't realize that there was no source of creativity for me that was it wasn't there was no outlet for me so I love one of your little quotes that our children are our greatest teachers because that would be one of the biggest things that I would say to new new mamas is I did not realize when I had Zoe who's now eight that she was going to be my biggest teacher that I have my children to thank for changing my life for getting me back into my art for pushing me to grow I didn't even know what self-development kind of was you know prior to them I mean they've since taught me so much just from me digging deeper into trying to be a better person
0: yeah I love that because I know this now in what I teach in my Redefine program and what I share with mamas is that when we move into adulthood, we, we often don't acknowledge parts of ourselves. We put it to the side thinking, well, I can't be that anymore because I have to be a grown up now. Or the world around us really encourages that masculine, ambitious focus. And so a lot of the times we, we push things to the side. Some mamas might think, oh, well, that's just a hobby. And so that's not important. And there's parts of us that we don't acknowledge. And these little reminders of what we love and what we're here to do can come back up again through motherhood. If we let it, this is the thing though, Sophie, it's scary, hmm. isn't it? To say, no, actually, I think I might give this a try. Yeah. Oh, how, how did you go with all of that?
1: Breaking it down a little bit as through starting to learn meditation and when I did a little uh, six-week local meditation workshop, I was like, "Oh, great! This this seems pretty good. Yeah, this is working for me." And I remember thinking that my meditation teacher, um, I'm like, "Man, she must be such a pro at meditating. You know, she. I bet she sits down every morning cause, and and she's just zen. You know, she's thirty minutes of no thoughts, and she's got this, and it, it just flows through easily." well, it's taken me a good few years later to realize that actually meditation's really hard for everyone still. <laughs> and isn't that like the beauty of it all? You know, like people say they can't do meditation, too many thoughts and everything. And now, now I can sit down to meditate each day and be like, mind's racing. Oh my goodness, come on. And be like, well, that's all right. Just sit here and just sit with it. Yes. And so... I've gone through phases of prioritizing it in my life and being like, I have to do it. And then, and it's been on the to-do list, you know, and other times like, oh no, it's not on the to-do list. I just have to do it. This is part of me, self-care. In the early days, it made a profound difference of how I treated the kids at 4.30 onwards and um, i used to be drinking wine at 4 or four, 4:30 and i thought that's what used to get me through now i don't even touch any alcohol you know now it's all the other, all these other things that get me through a day and actually learn to enjoy my kids in the afternoon after school. You?
0: Let me just highlight that for a minute because this is really important for everyone to hear because I find the same thing and I really want everyone to hear this. A meditation in the morning would help you with the 4.30 in the afternoon overwhelm. Oh, yeah. I, even that? That's, that's what I really want to highlight is that you do this even in the morning and it goes <laughs> all through to 4.30. <laughs>
1: Oh yeah, um, oh, for ages I couldn't work out why and I stopped drinking coffee at one stage and I thought that was it. I, it was three weeks without coffee and I thought, oh, this is, must be it, you know, and started drinking coffee again and discovered that actually, no, it was the meditation. And I'm only talking about meditating for 10 minutes, maybe 15, I could build up to 20 depending on where I was at. And I would think about it like, it was, it was like carrying the calm with me all day. This calm was sitting inside my heart center reverberating all throughout my body all day and it just keeps me centered and balanced for lack of a better word and it really seems to work for me and and it still does but now I've added all these other things to my toolkit that really help when I don't feel like I always need to meditate every day I do but these are these other things that guide me as well. Another big thing I've learned in my life is to accept the way things are. I used to think that I had a really difficult little girl, very bright, um, my Zoe, and loves to figure things out for herself. She's very academic, loves school. I want to go to school on the weekend, you know. But here I was thinking, oh, she's so difficult. She doesn't comply with anything I would just- ask you know everything was agony and struggle with me and I was just like for years pulling my hair out with why she wouldn't conform to what I wanted her to do so one day and in, in my journaling or something at night I'm like just accept that she is the way she is and accept there's going to be crap and accept that she's going to be difficult and just expect that every single day wake up every single day okay Sophie it's always going to be difficult today Two days after I said that to myself, I had a week of very easygoing Zoe. And I was like, well, how did that happen? I didn't change anything with my parenting. I just put that out into the universe. And I didn't even know about the law of attraction then either. About (laughs) about what energy you put out into the world is what you're going to get back. That was just phenomenal to me. I just accepted that she was going to be difficult.
0: And she wasn't. This is so beautiful. I love it. It's not only the law of attraction and how the universe works, but it's also the physiological way our brain works, that our brain searches for evidence to prove what we're thinking is right. So for example, if we're telling ourselves our daughter is really difficult, what we do is our brain lasers into all the evidence that that is the truth throughout the day. So instead of seeing the beautiful little moments where she is lovely and she is really kind to her sibling and she is beautifully expressive of who she is, our brain will be programmed to look for, see, she's just answered me back. See, she's done that again. Mm -hmm. And it's, gosh, that changed my life when I realized that what I'm thinking is not only attracting the energy of it, but my brain is attracting it more because I'm focusing in on what I don't want. It's profound, isn't it? Yeah,
1: so insightful. And since that realization, I've grown with her and realized even more about her. And this is a really beautiful moment that happened just last week. My kids have got their summer school triathlon coming up and Zoe's not the strongest swimmer in the world and they have to swim in the lake. And so I'm dragging her down to the lake going, come on, we've got to swim and everything. And I've got my toddler and my other boy who's seven and after school, drag them down there. They get down there. They just want to play. They're digging. I'm helping them build a little fence. And we're having a really nice time. And I realized before getting up and helping them that I couldn't force her to swim. It was overcast. It was slightly windy. We weren't going to get in the lake easily with the toddler and um, holding him. She wanted me right there with her swimming. And I said to her, Hey Zoe, I can see we're having a really nice time. How about you and I come back after dinner? We'll leave the boys with daddy and you and I will come back and swim. And she looked at me and she's like, great idea right can I get back to my plane we go back to the lake after dinner she's so excited Yeah, it's mummy and mommy and Zoe time and I'm like oh sweet and she's really focused on swimming and she's doing a few breaths and everything she gets up out of the water stands up and she's like mum I've got this and I just about fell over well emotionally fell over what do you mean I've got this where did you learn that from she's like you and I'm like but I say that to myself how do you, you don't know this or maybe, and I saw this as such a good learning experience, geeky mum moment. I was like, Zoe, you must've learned that from the mummy and daughter connection that we have. Cause I don't think I've ever said that to you out loud. I was always say that to my inner voice. I've got this. And I said to her, it's more like you're hearing your inner voice and we are connected a little bit. Your inner voice has spoken to my inner voice and, and I've got this. Hmm.
0: And once again, Amy, I've got you to thank for that one. Oh, that's such a beautiful story. And I think this is why we do it, isn't it? We not only do it for our own inner peace and happiness, but my goodness, if we can teach our children how to speak to themselves like that, then we're creating a better world. But everything you've been through over these years, where you are now, explain to the mamas, how you feel about yourself and your art and yourself as a mother and as a woman now after eight years of motherhood and this really beautiful journey of, of finding your true self, but realizing that it's a continuous journey. Where I'm at now is such a deeper level of
1: understanding of who I am and who I want to be in the future. And I figured out my purpose, gone through your courses and figured out my values. And then I've got a chalkboard at home with our family values on them and the toddler comes along and smears them off every single day, just about. But, uh, you know, top of there is love, kindness, respect, honesty. And every time I have issues with the kids now, I'm staring back and I'm pointing at that chalkboard. Remember, don't hit your brother. Because we treat people with kindness and love. It's one of our family values. It's on the board. Look at it. (laughs) You know what I mean, right? I love that. I've realized that for 80% of the time, I'm the parent I want to be. It's been a journey for me. And I'm still on a journey. 20% of the time, just don't have that energy to give. And I know what my triggers are there. I haven't had enough sleep. I'm really tired. I'm overwhelmed with mum jobs or... You know, putting the kids to bed, my kids' go to bed really late, and it drains me, but just need to accept that's how it is. So I can have a little bit of time to myself, I meditate when everyone's at school the next day, or so I've got a little quote I wanted to read you about where I am at with my conscious parenting style that I'm excited to have discovered.
0: Yes,
1: please. When you operate from the worldview that life is in the precise pattern it unfolds before you, holds transformational lessons for you, you no longer shun experiences. Instead, you invite them in, saying you in some way drew these lessons to you out of your innate longing to develop on a spiritual level. So that just sums up where I'm at just so beautifully. Is all I want to do now is I yearn to keep growing and I yearn to keep evolving and developing what my purpose is again and coming back to it. Next year, I'll be doing my values again and reassessing where my art is at. I want to be the 60 year old woman and still be like excited about self development and still be prioritizing. Tiny pockets of self care when I can. I can see now, you know, like now, right now, my kids aren't teenagers. I'm still relatively in control, right? They they still need to be dropped off and picked up, and but they're not able to storm out of the house and go down the road to their friend's house or whatever. So I can see that now is quite a lovely little phase. And then once they become teenagers and off they go a a little bit, I still need to be there for them, but I can see I'll have so much more time then. So um just noticing that this is how my life is right now and running with it, going with the flow. Mm. And the little little moments of 10 minutes of meditation during the day, putting on essential oils, tiny little bits and pieces. I mean, I get no time to myself at night, but when my toddler's in daycare four days a week, so I've got time to breathe there during the day. <laughs> but how that ties in with my art is there's a very, very fine tipping point scale sort of thing to do with my art and how intertwined it is with my life I will be creating paintings of the mountains and the landscapes around where I live or if I've been on holiday would have taken heaps of photos come back to my studio start painting them but the messages within the mountains that are part of my watery watercolors come from my day-to-day living and experiences and self-discoveries so I've quickly figured out that if I've had a really crappy morning with the kids and yelled at them or just been rushing or someone's been melting down or, you know, and I just haven't had time for it. I come home and I'm like, right, paint. Oh no, I feel really flat. I feel really horrible. When I drop my kids off at school in the morning, we park at the Montessori that my little list goes to and I walk the kids up the hill up to their school. One day I was Saying to the kids, right? You guys are walking up the hill by yourself today. Not not walking you up here. Got to get to Montessori. Got to start work. Well, you see, I put all my stuff on top of them. I wasn't thinking consciously about what they needed. My little boy burst into tears, and and Zoe took the reins and said, "Look, come on, Leo, come with me. It'll be okay." And that was really nice that she did that. But I didn't have to be anywhere. I, I wanted to start work at you know nine thirty or whatever. But I didn't have appointments that I had to be somewhere, so I could have given them the time. And this is my big realization is that I wasn't meeting my boy's emotional need. He was crying, I want you to come up with me. And I was fighting him, going, No, no, you know, you just go off you go. And now I've realized every single little outburst from him or any one of my children if they're crying or feeling frustrated or angry or whatever, there's a deep seated reason behind it. And it's often not what's just happened in front of them. There's experiences are sitting one level behind that. And I consciously need to think to myself, what is their emotional need right now? And my poor little boy from now on, when he's saying, I want you to walk with me to my classroom. I'm like, sure, whatever you need. Mm. And this is that's like been it for me. So, and realising my both my kids, they want me to walk them to their classroom and we get probably within 20 metres and my little boy's like, okay, I'll say goodbye now, see you bye.
0: Do you know what I can hear in that story though, Sophie, is that the understanding that you've had there about your little boy's emotions and that what's happening in the moment is usually not the reason for the outburst. There's usually something mm. going on in the background. I want to say that to all mamas about themselves too, because when we <sighs> snap or yell it's usually not because they haven't put their shoes on it's because of the pressure that's inside our head because we're worried about that deadline that we didn't meet yesterday and so suddenly the shoes are the biggest deal I feel like right isn't it it's like this is again I just oh I love it so much again this is what motherhood does the way we find compassion for our children is a window into how we can start having compassion for ourselves and everyone else. I love it. They are, again, the greatest teachers because if we can see what our children need in those moments, then maybe and hopefully we will be able to start doing that for ourselves as well and forgive ourselves for having those moments because really it wasn't about the shoes. It was about how worried we are about our mortgage or our deadline or whatever it is I just love how much it reciprocates back and forth these lessons we learn with our children yeah and and the thing is that
1: I need to keep reminding myself about that because I can slip really easily back into oh just stop crying I can see you're annoyed that your sister broke something of yours but you broke her toy or activity or whatever first you know just deal with it and no no I've got to keep thinking look, that's a really big deal to him. Okay, I'm going to need to go sit on the couch. My, my thing with my boy is more hugs, less talking. This <laughs> is what works for the boy, is just go sit on the couch, arms around him, say nothing. Oh, go to talk. No, don't talk to him. Just hug him. Just sit here quietly. You know what? Works every time. Because he often gets up after a few minutes, or sometimes it could be five or ten or whatever but he just gets up and he goes away and the problem's solved in his head. Mm, I can right. talk to him about it later, but he did not need me in his ear at the time. And that's another thing that I've learned through choosing to live consciously. And
0: It's beautiful. So many beautiful ways that we learn and grow through trying to help them learn and grow. It's really, we're mothering ourselves as we mother them. We're totally growing ourselves up as we help them grow up. It's just such an amazing experience. And what you've been able to do over these years of really discovering yourself in such a whole way, not only through yourself as an artist, but as a conscious parent and a mindful woman and being able to bring in these beautiful practices. It's just such an inspiration. I'm so grateful that you could share this with us today. Oh, thank you, Amy. Um, another one of my favorite quotes.
1: As life isn't as serious as my mind makes it out to be, Bye. by Eckhart Tolle. Yes. You know, when I first started, not- started meditation and started noticing my thoughts, and and I was like, wow, just Oh, that's interesting. And the more I would build on this this habit of not reacting to every single thought, and that's transformed into me becoming consciously and aware of what is exactly happening in a room now. You know, like say all the kids are playing at home, it's the weekend and we should have gone out and exercised and things are starting to get a little bit heated or starting to scrap and everything. My two defaults are, have we had enough to eat? Or they need some connection time with me and I have to pull one of them away or suggest something else that we play a game or something. But it's just figuring out what are their emotional needs right now. And I kind of feel like all the work, I've done such good work on myself over the years that I can recognize my emotional needs now too but I don't I'm at the place that I don't have to put them first so much don't get me wrong I still have to prioritize meditation exercise self-care all of that huge advocate for that but now I'm able to take that I'm able to grow and build on what I've learned giving to myself filling my emotional tank I like to call it I can give back to my children in that respect I can teach them how to notice what's happening and I'm helping give them labels for their needs hey Leo instead of hitting your sister can you say I'm angry you're making me angry I feel really frustrated that you did that could you just give me a turn you know so helping I'm giving them the tools to share their emotions and um, that makes me really proud that I've finally figured this out
0: oh wow (laughs) oh I couldn't agree more I just think it's the most amazing gift for our children but for ourselves to to live this conscious life to choose to tune into the stories and and ask, are they real? Are they true? Is it helpful? Being able to use these tools like meditation and mindfulness, it just totally transforms our lives. I'm so grateful. Thank you, beautiful.
1: Not a problem. so thankful to you to remember starting your first reconnect program and i'm like it's all because of you thank Mm -hmm. you you've done you've done so much for me and you're like i just gave you the tools you did the work and i'm like yeah you're right okay i'll take a little bit of credit for that so oh absolutely now now where i feel that i'm at i'm trying to look at each situation as that, okay, how am I going to learn from this? I'm trying to develop the living consciously and meeting emotional needs and all of that, but trying to see a situation, how I can grow from it. And then my next thing is trying to teach the kids what they can learn from a situation and giving them the words and the language to articulate what's happening in any given moment or or situation or ever or anything that's a work in progress you can get back to me on how that one goes this year but (laughs) we will (laughs) I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to put it out there that I'm I'm going to trust the world I'm going to trust that everything happens for a reason and all the wisdom that I've learned the last few years that's all coming into fruition a little bit for me now and I'm able to put it into practice and start to talk to my kids and with the knowledge that I've learned
0: Mm, amazing thank you beautiful and I'll share in the show notes the link to your website so mamas can see your beautiful artwork as well oh thank you thanks so So much Amy thank you Isn't that beautiful? I really love how much Sophie points out for all of us, how these small things that she started with, meditation, self-exploration, recommitting to her art, being in the moment and accepting her children for who they are, all small steps she's taken and the profound outcome they have all created. This is what we do If we just give ourselves the smallest tasks, the smallest commitments at the beginning, just connecting with our breath, just pulling out the paintbrushes again, just going back to yoga or dance or cooking, whatever it is that you have ignored because you felt you needed to, recommit to that in the tiniest way and just watch how things begin to unfold for you. Thank you for sharing this journey with me again and please share the podcast with all mamas that you know so we can really change the way we value ourselves and motherhood until next week satnam